Blog Talk Radio. He's going to do it right now. Thank you. Hey, folks, how we doing? We are live. This is the Coast to Coast Show, yeah. the Ebony and Ivory program. And I want to welcome everybody on board our show today. We have a real fun show today. We have a special guest lined up for you. We're going to introduce you to in just a short while. And um, we have some. Uh, we uh, have a couple of interviews and a couple of. Uh, we uh, have a couple of press conferences, and uh, involving. Uh, Donald Trump and Joe Biden. We actually kind of uh, put together somewhat of a little a debate, if you will, and um, that should be kind of interesting to to see how how it might appear if they were both on stage at the same time. We're going to see if we can put that together for you as well. Uh, a lot of news to go over today, and I know that uh, Cornell is with us on the line, I believe. I don't think Amanda hey. has joined us quite yet. I'm here. Cornell, hey, how you doing, Cornell? What's going on, man? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you. How's all everybody? Right. How are you doing, Andy? We're doing all right. We're doing all right. You know, our, we're, How about our you, shows. Amanda, in the UK? I don't think Amanda's with us yet. Oh, she's not. Okay. No, I don't think so. No, I don't. I don't see her on the board yet. I think she's a. I know she's been standing on her head on top of the London Tower there for the last week, and uh, maybe she's got to come up there to join join us. I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. I, okay. I used to think it was. I think it was the the uh, Eiffel Tower, and I was so corrected that that is in fact in Paris. I know that Amanda. Yeah, is, that is uh, Paris. That's, that's, that's you know. Right. Yeah, I I got it straight now. I got it straight now. But anyway, how's it going in your neck of the woods on the East Coast, Cornell? It's going, it's going great over here, man. That's Lloyd calling me. Lloyd's <laughs> <laughs> calling oh, you man. on the phone. All right, go Lloyd's ahead. You, you, that's Lloyd. You, you go ahead. Uh, so anyway, folks, what we're going to do is we're going to play in a short period of time here um, an interview that I happen to uh, have and I happen to catch um that involves both well it involves Donald Trump and and um, and the press corps and the question is what might that sound like also if we invited Joe Biden to be part of the same the same interview we're going to get to that in a few minutes in the meantime I want to see if if uh, I think we do have I think we have Lloyd back with us again. Lloyd, you are you on the show now? Did we catch you now? Are you here? Very, very faint. Come up a little bit, Lloyd. Can you hear me now? Yeah, there we go. Welcome aboard. <laughs> Thought we lost you there. Yeah. Hey, okay, Andy. Yeah. Andy, um, Amanda said, "Hun, I'm waiting for the link." Hun. <laughs> If, if you if you could say it like she does, I'll send her one. She said, "Hun, I'm waiting for a link." Hun, I did send her a link, so she should have a link. Well, we can we can, we'll reinvite her. We'll get her on board. In the meantime, what we're gonna do, folks? Um, hey, Lloyd, catch us up. Yeah. On your end of the world. Yeah. Before we get the one. 
The mic is yours. Everything's good at the. I mean, everything's good at the moment. But the turn of the weather. I know you. You're out there, but it's. It always gets me at a, at a bad time. Well, not. I wouldn't say at a bad time, but it just lets me know that we're in the section of the country that has four seasons. I like hot weather, but it's gotten a little chilly over here. But other than that. Everything is good at the moment. We'll we'll see what happens as uh, as the week progresses. But it's 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 good at the moment. Well, it's good to hear. That's good to hear. We're going to have a uh, uh, there's a lot been going on. There's been a lot of press conferences, a lot of talk, a lot of bantering back and forth. We happen to have what a lot of people don't know about, and this is breaking news only available on the Coast to Coast show, the Ebony and Ivory program. <laughs> We happen to have an interview, which was this morning. It wasn't very well publicized, but we got on our screens. We got on the computer. We dug deep, and we found it. There was an interview uh, with Donald Trump this morning, early this morning, um, East Coast time, so wee, wee hours my time here in California. And you'll never guess who joined the press corps but Jack Nicholson. And Jack Nicholson was in the press asking Donald Trump some questions, some very candid questions, and we have that exclusively here on the Coast to Coast show. Let's take a listen. You ever served in an infantry unit, son? I may at some point, you know, do that. Ever served in a forward area? I may at some point, you know, do that. Ever put your life in another man's hands? I may at some point, you know, do that. Asked him to put his life in yours? I may at some point, you know, do that. We follow orders, son. I may at some point, you know, do that. We follow orders or people die. This is not our country. Are we clear? This is not our country. Sir, what do you say to the teachers who are afraid to return to the classroom, even if the safety protocols that you've proposed are in place? This is not our country. Sometimes men take matters into their own hands. I may at some point, you know, do that. Son, we live in a world that has walls, and those walls have to be guarded by men with guns. They're probably dead. You snotty little bastard. I would rather you just said thank you and went on your way. I may at some point, you know, do that. We have to stop this horrible left-wing ideology that seems to be permeating our country. I don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to. Yes. That is a coast to coast exclusive. Hey, I what? think we have Amanda on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, only we might play hey, that again you, later. How you doing, Amanda? Amanda, you with us? How you doing, Amanda? Is she with us? She was. Amanda, okay, well, as, as soon as she gets in, let me. Uh, you know what? My man Jack, I like what he did. Uh, yeah, that was that was great. He needs to get in. He need, he needs to get in there and get him some more. But that that was good. So that was this morning, huh? <laughs> oh yeah, uh, exclusive here on the Coast to Coast show. You know what you think, here, Lloyd? Well, I'm telling you, I was. Uh, I think he was supposed to be in there with Big Ike, but I guess we'll we'll deal with that on Friday. We'll deal yeah. with that on Friday because I think Ike might have got him in there. But that 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 was man, great coverage, boy. You want. You better than Woodward and Bernstein. And for those of you that don't know, for those of you that don't know a little bit of history, and my man, I hope you're listening to us in Ohio drinking Booker's bourbon. But Woodward and Bernstein are the guys that crack, uh, crack Watergate for the uh, for the Washington Post. So we got our own Woodward and Bernstein right here. Andy Kimball and Lloyd Booker cracked that one with uh, with Jack Nicholson telling him. 
you know, uh, 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 giving it to uh, Donald Trump with both barrels. So, anyhow, keep going, man. Yeah, now we have another interview. Now, here's what we also did. We happened to catch a debate rehearsal with uh, Joe Biden and Donald Trump asking, you know, they're at a press conference, and uh, they mm-hmm. were rehearsing in person for their September mm-hmm. 29th debate. Let's take a listen. Mm-hmm. All right now. They, uh, what does it mean for my kids? Uh, is, uh, is this well, setting well, my child's education back? Beyond just a semester, what impact will it have? How my child's going to? How's my child going to catch up? What if? What if I'm not doing enough to help my child succeed? All those questions, the self-doubt that's been engaged. President Trump may not think his this is a national emergency, but I think going back to school for millions of children and the impacts on their families and the community is a national emergency. I believe that's what it is. Protecting our students, our educators, our communities, getting our schools open safely and effectively. This is a national emergency. But President Trump still doesn't have any real plan for how to open our schools safely. No real plan for how to help parents feel secure for their children. He's offering nothing but failure and delusions. Last week, we announced a breakthrough in testing that will allow us to have over 150 million rapid point-of-care tests. These tests return the results in less than 15 minutes, and many will be deployed to nursing homes. We're being focusing, we're focusing very strongly on nursing homes. Start to finish, the American families and our children are paying the price for his failures. Failure to take this virus seriously early on in January and February, and it spread around the globe. Failure to take steps we needed back in March and April to get this pandemic under control, to institute widespread testing and tracing, to control the spread. Failure to provide clear national science-based guidelines to state and local authorities. And failure to model even basic responsibility like socially distancing and wearing a mask. I also want to provide an update on left-wing political violence that we're seeing in Democrat-run cities. Not whipping up fear and division, not inciting violence in our streets. Get off Twitter and start talking to the congressional leaders in both parties. Invite them to the Oval Office. The Oval Office. And stop your boast about never being seen that what you, you, you can do anything. You're, you, you always talk about your ability to negotiate. Negotiate a deal. A deal for somebody other than yourself. I may at some point, you know, do that. I do think there's a minimum need to be charged, the officers, and as well, well as Brianna Taylor. And uh, I might add, by the way, I think uh, what happened in... Uh, uh, in uh, Portland, where a, one of the Trump guys riding along in vans inciting response is shooting rubber bullets, I guess, or paintballs. Apparently, there was someone shot by someone in the crowd with a bullet killed. I think that person should meet the legal requirements of whatever that calls for. We should be investigated, and it should follow through on what needs to be done. Let the judicial system work. I may at some point, you know, do that. Let's make sure justice is done. Under my administration, federal law enforcement is working with state and local authorities 
all over the country to comb through hours of video, track down rioters, looters, and arsonists, and bring them to justice. We've just come up with a report that we've arrested uh, a large number of people. Uh, it's over 200. And uh, you'll be hearing about that, but they've been arrested in various cities throughout the United States. We're doing it very low-key, but we're trying to help cities. They are, in all cases, Democrat-run, but we're doing the best we can to help them without really much of a consent. We'd like to have the consent as an example in Portland. We could solve that problem in approximately one hour. Is that nothing this administration does is normal. I may at some point, you know, do that. And so I'm not being a facetious when I say that. So who in God's name knows what it's all about? What we want to do is we got to heal. we got to put things together, bring people together. And so my purpose in going will be to do just that, to be a positive influence. Uh, I may at some point, you know, do that. Um, on what's going on, talk about what need be done, and try to uh, see if there's a beginning of a mechanism to bring the, the folks together. We have to heal. This is about making sure that uh, that we move uh, that we move forward. Uh, and so I I've gotten advice from sitting members of the Congress. I may at some point, you know, do that. Well, to go, and that I should go. I'm not going to uh, do anything other than meet with uh, and meetings with community leaders, as well as business people and other folks in law enforcement, and to see. Uh, start to talk about what has to be done. Not, I'm not going to tell Kenosha what they have to do, but we have to do together. But the mayor refuses, perhaps for political reasons. I don't know why it's good for him to have a city that's falling apart and that's under siege now for 94 days. But really, it's been under siege for years, if you know Portland. So uh, to the mayor, I say, whenever you're ready, let us know. We'll solve your problem of violence. We'll solve your problem of crime. We'll arrest those criminals very rapidly. And You'll be able to have some nice evenings in Portland. I may at some point, you know, do that. First of all, I wouldn't incite violence. I may at some point, you know, do that. I condemn it when it occurred. I would move to, look, the vast majority of police officers, good, decent, honorable women and men. They pin on that shield every morning, and they have a right to go home that night safely. The vast majority. But just to those who are not good cops, I'm, all the police I've dealt with my whole life, and I've been dealing with, I've gotten overwhelming support from law enforcement through my whole career. They're the ones that want to get rid of the bad cops even more than anybody else does, because it reflects on them, number one. Number two, I would make sure everybody understood, if I were president, that any violence, any violence, protesting is a right, and free speech is a right, but to engage in violence, burning, looting, and rest in the name of protesting is wrong, and that persons should be held accountable for their actions. And so um, what I'd be doing is I'd be bringing people together in the White House right now. I may at some point, you know, do that. I'd be having that police commission set up. I'd have law enforcement at the table. I'd have the community at the table. I'd have people and saying, how do we get through this? What do we do to deal with this? Because I believe the vast majority of the community at writ large, as well as law enforcement, want to straighten things out, not inflame things, 
But this president keeps throwing gasoline in the fire every place he goes. I noticed, uh, and I didn't watch much of it, but I watched the reports from all of you, not all of them, from the press. And, uh, you know, when he was asked about what should be done with regard to uh, a young man shot in the back seven times in front of his children, I didn't hear much of anything come from him. What should we be doing about it? And he went down, down the line. So I wish he'd take responsibility. As much as he'd like to be running against somebody else, he's running against me, Joe Biden. And the fact is that he is not acting very responsibly. The Department of Homeland Security and the Department of Justice are announcing a joint operation center to investigate the violent left-wing civil unrest. And again, in Portland alone, the federal government has already taken care of and arrested 100 rioters. Just in that one city, the wave of violence and destruction that we've seen in recent weeks and months has occurred in cities exclusively controlled and dominated by the Biden, Joe Biden party. If you take a look, the top 10 in the country are Democrats. It's Democrat-run cities, and it's a shame, and it can be solved so easy. There should be universal guidance coming from the President of the United States of America. Really, you hear this from uh, from people, yep. person, woman, man, camera, TV. Saying how they're saying it, the violence, it's terrible. And again, it's Democrat politicians. I don't know that they're spurring it on or they're afraid to stop it. But in any event, we're there to help. We're there to get things under control. If you can believe this, they really took some heavy hits. One went down, and uh, two others joined them, and they were able to get Rand and Kelly through, and but got right up. As somebody that, you know, you grow up and you wrestle and you fight and you just, or you see what happens, um, sometimes if you're alone and you're fighting, somebody's tough, and you get somebody in a chokehold. I think we have to look at them. Where do they come from? And don't wait to talk about the need for us to have masks. I may at some point, you know, do that and we'll straighten out the city very quickly, whichever city we may be talking about. So uh, those governors that are responsible for a state that has a city that's got a lot of problems, call me or the mayor can call me and uh, we'll be there very quickly. That the president says are simply not true relating to this crisis. And when enormous pressure is put on professionals in the administration, from the CDC to NIH, across the board, why do we think, God willing, when we get a vaccine that is good, works, why do we think the public's going to line up to be able to take the, being willing to take the injection? We've lost so much confidence, the American people, in what's said. Because we're finding out, again today, plasma. Well, that doesn't quite work the way we were told it was. Hell of a lot of pressure put on that person to say that. This president has said so many things that are untrue, that are just wrong. In order to do anything, he looks at it in one way. If the market, stock market is high and it's moving, and we're reducing the number of people who are in real trouble economically, then it doesn't matter what I say. That's the objective. 
That's the objective. The objective is to keep the American people safe so we can begin to get back to normal, rebuilding our economy and bringing back economic growth. Thank you all very much. Fine man, a wonderful man. Yeah, well, you know, quite a contrast between uh, Donald Trump and uh, Joe Biden. What do you say, folks? It, it was it was actually kind of funny when he said you got to sometimes you got to put them in a chokehold. <laughs> I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, what is he talking about? <laughs> well, you know, Amanda, you here? I'm, a, I, I'm here, my darling. Uh, Hello. Hey, how you doing, Amanda? I'm, I'm, gonna let, I, I'm gonna let you two finish with that, <laughs> and then I'll, I'll come. I'll bring up the rear. I'm like, <laughs> sometimes you just gotta put them in a chokehold and then choke. I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was sitting there. Now, mind you, the individuals that are listening to us, Amos be drinking we, that uh, we, bourbon. I don't know what he's drinking. What he's drinking, and then what? What did Andy keep playing? Uh, yeah, I think about some. I, I'll do that or something like that. Maybe he's taking a swig or something. And for those for those that are listening to us, we do not think that this is. He did not make. Andy did not cut that up anyway. We do not think that this is funny, but he actually did say that, and. To make it even worse, he talked about well, you know, you know where they come from. He did say, he where they come from. You know, you get in a little tussle, somebody gets on top. I'm like, what the hell is is like he's been in a fist fight or something like that. It's and, unbelievable. And, and, hey, Lloyd, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I, when it's like ten thousand people out there protesting. He said we locked up a hundred. <laughs> wow. <laughs> And 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 he said pro, uh, uh, rioters, protesters. He did not say anything about the damage and the death that was inflicted on the other. You know what? Like I said, I'm gonna let you guys talk, uh, and then I'll bring up the rear. So Amanda and Cornell, y'all take the floor. You can comment on that, and then I'm uh, and then like I said, I'll bring up the rear. Amanda, what do you think about this? Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah, I guess that was enough. Yeah. He surprises me so much. He really does. Um, you know, just when you think he's going to get some clarity and, and start doing the right thing, no. That doesn't wait a minute, happen. Wait a you said just when you think he's going to get some clarity and do the right thing? Well, you know, well, okay. a lot of people hold out hope, right? <laughs> oh, okay, 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 I, that's good enough. Yeah, I, I guess I guess you're right. Uh, hey, but you hold out hope. We can say Booker's Bourbon. If you don't buy, we'll put you in a chokehold. I'm sorry, Lloyd. Go ahead. No, 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 no. That was that was good. And thank you for 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 giving the numbers again, because the deal is is that that needed to be said. And again, five one five 
605-9888. Play that number. But, boy, I'm telling you, you need to be careful because uh, if you get into a tussle, uh, uh, somebody might want to put the chokehold on you and and, 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 and and choke you and make you call here. You know, call that number. Listen, you better you you better call that number. I'm gonna put the chokehold on you. I can't believe. You know what? Uh, to be honest, he'd have a different he'd have a different view if somebody put the chokehold on him or his son or his daughters. Or, you know what? Yes. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe he might not have a different view. He might say to them. You know, uh, well, you know, were they grabbing you in the? Well, uh, listen, we have a woman here, and and, and it, it, this is not in regards to you, Amanda, but this is the same. And I, I expect him to say, yeah. uh, "Thank you." I expect him to say anything because he has no filter. I expect him to say anything that comes to his mind. If he can sit there and talk about sucking on Lysol and Clorox and, and getting it injected and doing a UV ultraviolet ray to kill the germs and all of this other stuff. I don't, there is not anything that he would not say that surprises me. I expect him to say something like, well, we, we, we got aliens, but the aliens are Republicans and they coming down here to make sure that I get, that I get voted on, you know, when China, China, China yeah, and Russia love me. Everybody, yeah. remind everybody, it's going to be in about five minutes. We're going to be changing gears here. And uh, we have a special guest joining us, Mr. Ford Myers, who's a career expert and author. Uh, he's been on many radio shows and television programs, and Ford writes articles providing career help and advice that have been featured internationally in thousands of newspapers, magazines, and websites. And uh, some of those articles include uh, uh, titles like Get the Job You Want, uh, Get the Job You Want Even When No One's Hiring, uh, Personal yeah. Branding, uh, Productive Career Strategies During Coronavirus Pandemic, uh, good perspectives through tough times, the many faces of job interviews, performing an internal career audit, assimilating into your room, and they go on and on and on and on. Questions to ask at network meetings. But anyway, Ford's going to join us in about five minutes. I'm just going to bring that up, and it's going to be kind of interesting, especially now during this uh, COVID crisis. There's been so many layoffs, uh, and then people will later find out, waiting to go back to work, that there's no work to go back to. And these are folks that have mortgages and rents to pay and families, and suddenly they're finding themselves mid-life. They not only yeah. have to find another job, but many times find another career. And Ford's going to be joining us to talk about that in just a few minutes. And um, uh, you know, after this show, That's we all good. might need his, we all might need his advice after this show. I don't know. We might have to get put in the chokehold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. As a matter of fact, we might have to ask him what advice could he give either of the two candidates, whether or not they lose or win, it doesn't matter. I'd, I'd like to see what his answer is for some of that stuff, uh, uh, some of the professional advice that he would give to either one of them. Um, but th- th- that's great that he's going to be on. But let, let, let's finish this up before he comes on right quick. Yep. So uh, uh, some of the others, some of your other guys might have a comment. What do you think about what he said, Andy? Yeah, I want to know, Andy. Well, as you know, I'm an avid Trump fan, and being so – oh, did I say that? No, I'm sorry. No. Um, I, I, here, here's what here's, – here's, you know, what we present here on the show. We said this you know, on our first show back in April, you know, almost 50 shows ago, um, that we present 
facts here. You know, the you know the as as Lloyd had said, we have some fun with the audio clips. We we paste things together and have some fun. And you got to make life. You got you know if you can't smile and laugh a little bit in life, then what's the use? But anyway, but what we do present here um, are facts, and and you, what you're hearing are not impersonators. This is Donald Trump speaking, um, and I think what we you know. The interesting thing, and why we put this particular piece together and juxtapositioning the two candidates um, is just to show the difference in quality, in character, in commitment between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. And when you hear the two of them back to back, like much like we will in the debate, which is why we put this together today, um, I think it's I think it's going to be a very clear distinction. You know, Trump tends to be very boisterous and a, and a lot of personality, and you know, and and, and just you were, Biden tends to be a little more laid back and more passive. And a lot of people worried about that. That that, that you know, I'm glad you said that. You, uh, I'm, I'm I'm sorry. I wanted to just uh, interrupt just for. I'm glad that you ahead, said sir. that. That's why they call. That's why they call him Sleepy Joe. You're right. He passes, laid back, like he done smoked a couple, you know, smoked a couple blunts and had some Booker's bourbon before he got on. I, you know, I think that he should be a little bit more aggressive, but you know, he can only be what he is, and I understand that. But I just wanted to say that. Do you think that's a misconception, though, that passive people are not capable of getting the job done? I hope that's the case. And, uh, yeah. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. You would think that Biden listened to Miles Davis. Mm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> really cool. Really uh, cool and like, uh, yeah, listen. Uh, we call it in. Um, Hello, this is Ford. Hey, Ford, how are we hey, doing, man? Andy, hi. Hey, Ford, how are you doing? Hold on one second, guys. I didn't want to interrupt you, but go ahead. I wanted to get Ford on the line here. Get him tried into the show and see if this actually worked. And modern technology, lo and behold, it does. But anyway, <laughs> Ford, we're just, we're, we're just wrapping up a conversation here uh, about a go, go right the debate, ahead. The debate between uh, Donald Trump and and um, and uh, what's his name? Joe Biden. <laughs> no, no, Joe Biden. Joe, Joe Biden. Thank you. Joe Biden. <laughs> Joe Biden. No, Joe absolutely. Biden. Yeah. We've had some. Uh, we've played some uh, interesting um, sound clips earlier in the show. We're just kind of wrapping up that discussion, but sure. um, but we do. Uh, you have, you know, we want to thank you. Welcome to the show. Say that again. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And thank I want to just. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's great. We have a, a Ford. We have Amanda who's in the UK, and yeah. we have Cornell who's our producer in line. We have our co-host um, Lloyd Booker on the line as well. So we got a whole panel here. Wait, so it's Amanda and Rory, did you say? No, sir. Why not? Lloyd. L-L-O-Y-D. Cornell. <laughs> Lloyd. And who's the other person? Cornell. Cornell. Okay. Well, hello to all of you. I'm Hi. Hello. Nice to meet you. Nice to talk to you. Great, 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 great. Introduce Ford. Uh, he's an award-winning career coach and president of a company called Career Potential LLC. And that firm, Career Potential, helps clients take charge of their careers, create the work they love, and earn what they deserve. And Ford has held many senior consulting positions at three of the nation's largest career service firms. And his articles and, and publications and interviews have appeared in thousands of publications and websites. And he has conducted presentations at hundreds of companies, associations, and universities as well. In addition, Ford has been a frequent guest on television shows and radio programs nationwide, 
nothing like Coast to Coast yet. He is an author of uh, two books, and these books, folks, I, I want to you can look them up. I think they're on Amazon. Ford can correct me on that, but get the job you want, even when no one is hiring. And I've talked to our co-hosts about that. And the other yeah. book is the Ultimate Career Guide. More information about Ford's career. Uh, coaching is available at his website. Uh, as we continue the show, you might want to jot this down, folks. Ready? The website is www, of course, careerpotential.com. I'm going to say it again. It's www.careerpotential.com. And Ford, before we continue, uh, you know, what, what created the impetus to, to invite you on the show this evening, I want to thank you for acknowledging and accepting our invitation, is that in the midst of this COVID crisis, we're finding people that have not only been temporarily laid off from a job and they're waiting to go back on. Uh, we know that the the feds had a a, a uh, override on top of what normal unemployment would be that continued for a while, and those folks were waiting to go back to work. And then lo and behold, they find out there's no work to go back to. The company they were once employed downsized or closed, and you're finding people, uh, you know, midlife kids, mortgages, rents, who suddenly have no career to go back to, and they would, I would think turn to somebody like yourself to say, hey, here's what I've been doing the last 20 years. What do I do now? And how do I get myself in shape and condition to go to, to that next step in my, in my career? What am I going to do? Yeah, absolutely true. That is what's going on. And it's like a uh, instant repeat of what went on in 2008, 2009. Yeah. And, and what, and what, so, so Ford, when somebody, let's, let's kind of take us through you know, the, the process. So somebody would, let's say, as I just described, they would contact you either through the website that I put out or, or the phone, which is 610-649-1778, uh, and contact you. And what would happen? How, how does the process work? Well, they have to take on a different attitude. All right. What normally works during normal times is not going to work during this situation. So it's a very important that people have a different attitude, different approach, and pursue different strategies. In other words, instead of just being another candidate, another applicant, a candidate has to differentiate him or herself, has to really stand out from the crowd, and has to do the job search in a completely different way. So there are specific strategies that I teach my clients to do that do just that. Awesome. And, and I would imagine that's quite a process, especially if somebody's had, let's say, they're working for a, a corporation, uh, you know, they're in Pennsylvania, let's say they're working for a McNeil or, or a Boeing, uh, right. Berkshire, and, and they're downsized, but they've been a VP of marketing, they've been in the accounting department, they've been a, you know, a, a sales rep for that company for 15 years or more. And suddenly they're saying, well, what do I do now? I've, I only know one desk and one job, and I'm, I take the same route to work every day and come home. Right. And, Hi, honey, I'm home, and the, I, I got the collie and the, and the white picket fence and the kids from the <laughs> wife, and here I am. And, and, and today the wife's probably working too, and, and maybe she's affected by the same crisis. So now we might have a, a married couple who are both in a position, perhaps, where, they, where they're looking at the mortgage, their finances, <laughs> and say, uh-oh, what do we do? We call forward. Well, yeah, you tell me. But the one thing they should not do is the same old, same old. You cannot sit behind your computer applying for jobs online. You can't just, you know, talk to a recruiter or two and hope for the best. 
They have to take a lot more responsibility. They have to get in front of this. They have to master the, you know, career management process and really get themselves out in front. So I can tell you some of the strategies if you'd like to hear them. You would. I, yes, I think work. Please, please yeah. share. Yeah. Now, when you look at each one of these strategies independently, you might say, oh, well, that's no big deal. Of course, I knew that. But when you take all of the strategies, and there's eight or ten of them, and when you take all of the strategies together and combine them and use them all in concert with one another, use them synergistically, then the magic really happens. So let me give you some examples. Some of the strategies that the most successful clients use to get a job, even in this rough environment, are as follows. Number one, they seek help. Now, I'm not just saying that because I'm a career coach. I'm saying that even if you go to your college career placement office, or even if you get a bunch of friends together to be job search buddies, or even if you um, you know, uh, do anything else that, where you can get help and support. For example, uh, in the United States, we have uh, every state and every county has career support mechanism. In my area, it's called um, Career Link. Career Link. Right. In other states, they call it Career One Stop. These are free resources that people can use who live in that county or they can see a career coach like me. But the point is, they have to seek help. They cannot do this by themselves. A, a second um, strategy is to practice extreme self-care. That means really, really committing to taking care of yourself, your physical self, your mental self, emotionally, the way you feel, the way you sleep, the way, what you eat. You cannot just go through this experience in the normal way of not really taking care of yourself, not really thinking about your own welfare. This requires every, every ounce of energy and every ounce of self-care. I'm sorry, what were you saying? Which leads to a good question, because I was going to get on, uh, get on to that. This is, uh, this is uh, Mr. Booker, because... Yes. Uh, Lord, uh, and the reason I'm saying that is because I not only, I'm, I'm not only... Uh, I'm an artist. I do some acting as well as, as a couple other things. And I wanted to ask you, in, in this particular environment that we're in now, how do you deal with someone who actually, because of the virus, has gone through physical, spiritual, and mental changes yeah. with, uh, with, this whole th- yeah, with this whole thing and upending in regards to their employment? I'm talking about people have uh, they've gained weight. They've had uh, uh, breakdowns. I mean, we're living in a riotous time. I, I have a friend of mine works for Fortune uh, uh, 500, 100 company in Philadelphia. And the deal is, is that he actually has been in his building. I'm talking about this is a tower almost by himself since uh, February. Yeah. And he's, he's had Zoom meetings with, his, with the president. Uh, his director, the CEO, and they won't, uh, they're, they're going to do a reevaluation in March of next year. And so it will be one year, and they don't even know, there will there'll be a new normal if, if they even have a reevaluation to have people start coming back. So with that being said, how have you, 
and, and, and your company and your people uh, uh, worked with people, suggested to people how to deal with this stuff as, as it keeps coming and as it keeps changing? Right. Good question. So, look, we are all aware and we have empathy for the people who are suffering the most. It's terrible. This is unprecedented and it's driving a lot of people crazy. You have yeah. to have very strong ego strength. But as I said before, seek help. In other words, get some kind of counseling, whether it's paid or unpaid. Take extreme care of yourself, and that includes reaching out to people, trying extra hard to make social connections and to share the love, you know, put out some help and receive some help, and to um, take care of yourself physically because we all have to come out of this on the other end as strong as we can and as healthy as we can. Now, if your friend that you're talking about, uh, if, if, if their salary gets cut off, then they're going to have to think about other means of gaining an income. But if they're still getting paid, then that's a good thing because, you know, they'll keep a roof over their heads, right? Yes. Right. right. So, so um, we all have the danger of becoming too isolated, and it can be depressing for many people. So we have to come out of our shell. We have to reach out. We have to organize ourselves, associate with others, and even try to help others. You know, the best way to feel better about your own situation is to try to help somebody else who's less fortunate than you, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And so I'm encouraging everybody to be generous and to try to help. You know, ask people, how are they doing? Do you need any help? Is there anything I can do for you? All we have in this crazy situation is each other. The government's not going to help us, and the company's not going to help us. We have to band together as individuals and dig deep into our own personal resources, our psychological and social resources. Even though you said that, and, and, and you're absolutely right, but yes. he, he, with this, not only with the virus, but in this in this racial climate that we have, a lot of people are not going to, as you said, to, to be kind and to be helpful to one another. That's going to be hard to do, hard for a lot of people to do, because some people are set in their ways not not to help people, not to help their fellow man. Well, uh, I, I agree with you there, but that's what's going to be their downfall. In other words. If there, are cons- if there are many reasons to be angry these days, right? There are many reasons to be upset. There are many reasons to be frustrated. However, if a person allows him or herself to be consumed with those feelings, then it's going to lead to their own downfall. It's not about how they're just going to lead to their own downfall. There are, people have to find a way to be productive, to have a voice, to push to push back to seek justice without letting rage consume themselves. I have a question, Mr. Ford. Mr. Ford, I have a question. Number one, I want to congratulate you on your book, Get the Job You Want Even When No One's Hiring. Thank you. Is it possible you could give us on a radio show a little summary of the book? Not too much, but it, it Sure. You, well, thank yeah. you. I mean I, I I already told you uh two of the strategies. See the, the way I wrote the book is I divided it into uh, strategies. And as I said before, there are eight or ten distinct strategies 
that help people to differentiate themselves and to get more success in the job search even during a very, very challenging time. So if I may, I'll continue telling you some more of the strategies. Please do, yes. Okay. I have one more question, sir. Go ahead. I have another question. If I wanted to buy the book or something like that, where can I purchase? Okay, you can simply go to Amazon.com. Yes. Have you heard of it? Of course. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. Huh? You mean Amazon yes. or the book? Yes. You have? Okay. Of course. Yeah, it's a, it's a little company I started. It's a little company I started about 20 years ago. Awesome, man. You're a billionaire. Yeah, I'm a billionaire. Continue with the strategies, Ford. Okay, so a third strategy is to pay extra attention to personal image. You see, what's ironic is that during this COVID period, a lot of people are letting themselves go. You know, they're wearing the same sweatpants every day. They haven't had a haircut in eight no, months. No, they're not. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're wearing, I mean, you mean getting out of shape and all of that stuff. They're wearing that pajamas on, under the table. You know, it's insane. So this is a time to pay extra attention. Now, you could say, well, why? We're not seeing anybody in person. No, we're not. But we are doing a lot of Zoom meetings. So, you know, you want to look your best. You want to look fresh. You want to look like you're serious, like you mean business, not like your lazy bones who hasn't bathed in, in eight weeks. <laughs> okay. Now, the next one is to focus on new education. You've got to read books on career management and job search. You've got to attend webinars. You've got to listen to uh, podcasts. You need to talk to experts. You need to take this opportunity, this downtime, to do massive self-education on career management. There's no shortage of material out there, no shortage of videos, uh, YouTubes, uh, you know, books, magazines, uh, newsletters. I mean, there's just a wealth of information. People need to do some intensive self-education. Yeah. Now, another thing to do during this period is to review all of your career documents and enhance them, improve them, bring them up to speed. Most people don't look at their documents for you know 10 years at a time. I'm talking about the resume, your cover letters, maybe a one-page biography, maybe uh, some testimonial comments, letters of recommendation. There are all these things that need to be in your career portfolio, and they need to be improved. They need to be updated. Now is a perfect time to do that, to make your portfolio top-notch, including, by the way, writing your accomplishment stories. Everyone needs to sit down and write out their, their accomplishment stories, the things that they are most proud of. Those are your best-selling tools. When you get to an interview, that's what you want to sell. Nobody is going to hire you just based on your pedigree, based on your years of experience, based on your credentials. They don't care. What they want to know is, what have you done for your employers? How have you made a difference? Where did you add value? When you can prove that through your accomplishment stories, then you'll get a lot more job offers. Yeah. So shall I go on, or do you want me to pause? Yes, please. No, no, go on. Please do. No, please, please go on. Please go on. Please. All right. Go ahead, man. All right. Another break. strategy is to identify the strong and growing niches. You know, we're in a fast-changing world. 
if you don't believe me, just look at all the people having video conferences now that hardly existed six months ago. So we're in a world that's changing dramatically. And so you got to do your homework and figure out where are the trends going? Where are there opportunities? What niches or industries are growing? Which ones are shrinking or disappearing? Obviously, you want to move into those areas where you see extreme growth and avoid those areas where you see uh, the shrinkage of those niches. Well, which leads me to a question right quick. Yeah. How do you, how do you, how do you view, since you said that, how do you view people now actually doing more at home and taking an early out in, in some corporations to, uh, to do stuff at home through, uh, through the job. I'm going to use my buddy as an example. A lot of people now have actually opted to, uh, to work at home two days in the office, one day in the office, the rest of them at home. How, how do you view that? Well, it's great. You know, if, if they have the flexibility and if it's a good environment at home where they can work and get something done and if their company is fine with it, you know, it's about everybody has to find their own balance. Everybody has to find their preference. So if they can work it out in a way that is conducive to productivity and if they like the arrangement, then I'm all for it. Good. Okay. Okay. Now, another strategy is to leverage technology and social media. You know, if this was a year ago, you could say, well, it doesn't matter that much. I have a job. I'm fine. I don't have to worry. Well, now everybody has to worry because nobody is yeah. nobody's safe anymore. No, nobody's job is secure anymore. So people, again, have to take more responsibility. If they were the kind of person who used to avoid technology or they're not comfortable with technology, well, too bad. They've got to get over that. I don't care if they're 85 years old. They have to get over that. They have to embrace basic technology like home computers and Internet and email. I'm talking about basic things. And they also have to learn how to leverage social media. Social media is not just for people who are in their own business. Social media is for everyone who is a working person. So everyone needs to be active on social media. They need to engage people in their industry. They need to improve their visibility. They need to enhance their credibility. They need to get their face and their name out so that people begin to recognize them as a, as a, as a thought leader and as an expert in their niche. Everybody right. says, oh, I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert in anything. I don't buy into that. Every person is an expert in something. You know, you've been working 30 years. You must have built expertise in something. That's what we need to leverage. Every person needs to leverage that these days. They're, everybody has to be a, per, a company of one. Everybody has to think yeah. like, a, like a self-employed independent agent. Independent okay. contract, yeah. Okay? I like yeah. I like All right. Shall I go on or do you want me to pause? Keep no, going. No, no. Hey. Keep, keep going. Keep Absolutely going. Go on. Yep. Keep All right. On. Another strategy during these difficult times is to practice your interviewing, negotiating, and related skills. Again, in the old days, you could say, oh, I don't have to worry about that stuff. I have a job. I'm fine. Not anymore. You have to get back in the game. Practice interviewing. Really master your interviewing uh, game. You need to learn negotiation strategies so that you can get the best possible compensation you know, you need to also practice your networking skills, which is absolutely essential. There's no word that is more important than the word networking when it comes to career management and job search. 
You can condense this entire conversation into one word, and that word is networking. All these other things I'm telling you are great, they're fine, but they don't mean anything if the person can't master networking. Networking is key. We do key. that on this, ro- on this program. We do yep, that on this it's program. It's absolutely essential. Networking is key. People will say to me, oh, Ben, I'm not comfortable networking. Or they'll say, I tried that once back in 1964 and it didn't work. <laughs> well, come on. That's not going to work. You have to get up to speed. You've got to get comfortable. You've got to get over your your anxiety and learn how to network in a way that it will open up doors for you. And we got bring, to network, Andy. Bring we new opportunities. Yes. All right. Well, am I, am, am I clear? Yeah, let, let me ask you a question. Okay. If, if you um, – is it true that um, a lot of companies, when they post their jobs, that they, in a, in a, to a extent, already have a candidate pretty well outlined of who they want to bring in, and they post the job on the on the job internet sites or the the human resources experts and headhunters. Yep just to see what else might be out there. But they know who they want. And I, I know one time, I think I'm, when we prior to the show when we were talking, um, I think I told you, I uh, just out of curiosity's sake, you know, my wife was at, at USC for some time, and they're the largest employer in Los Angeles. And um, so um, they're always, you know, on the Internet, they're always saying, hey, you know, work for USC. Here's our job postings. It's everywhere. So uh, just uh, for the heck of it, and my wife was telling me about how tough it is to move on at USC and to get positions there. Um, that I dummied up, and, you know, I don't even know what the job was, some kind of something in developing computer or something. I don't even remember what it was. But whatever the job was, I dummied up a resume that you wouldn't believe. According to the resume, I had 12 doctorates, 18 master's degrees, had seven <laughs> patents. <laughs> and, and $20 million. And $20 million. And the, and the boilerplate letter I got back a week later was we cannot consider your application at this time. Yeah. Well, you're absolutely right. That is that is very common. It's not every time, but it is very common. That's one of the reasons why the worst way to look for a job is to answer ads online. Um, it's absolutely the worst possible strategy because you're competing against thousands and thousands of other candidates, many of whom are probably more qualified than you, and you're also – very uh, anonymous, you know, they don't know you, there's no connection to you, you're just a, a resume on a stack of resumes. <clears throat> so the only effective way to look for jobs is through your network, through people you know and people who know them and they know somebody else, and you go through that process of getting closer and closer to the hiring manager through consistent referrals, a chain of referrals, which gets you ultimately to the decision maker. So I don't mean to sound like it's real easy. It does take work, but conceptually it's not difficult to grasp. This is what people right. need to do if they want to differentiate. Much appreciated. Again, folks, I want to give out our number here if you want to uh, talk to Ford Myers. The uh, number here is 515-605-9888, and you could uh, also call Ford at your leisure at 610 um, and um, I'm sure Paul would be more than happy to provide you some advice and, and consultation and his company's career potential. So, Ford, let me ask you a question: Is um, you know, there's it's depressing out there right now. Is there hope? I mean, what what it's it's tough right now. I mean, even all the things we're saying apply, I, I think, to 
I mean, there are jobs out there. Even the worst of times, there are jobs out there. There are jobs out Andy, there. Andy, Andy, I wanted to ask for the question. Now, Amanda is from the UK. Now, yeah, do that applies, do that applies um, to you know different people like in the world or something like something like that? I'm sorry. Well, is it, Amanda, you still on the line? I'm still here. Yes. So when I've been talking over the last ten minutes or so, mm-hmm. do these things? register with you? Do they seem to be appropriate for where you live in the UK, or does it sound like I'm talking another language? No, it doesn't sound like you're talking another language forward. I think it very much applies to people here, too. Um, Things, how they are run here is very similar to the US, yes. Okay. Okay, well, I'm glad to hear that. So I would think that these strategies are universal, and as Andy said, even in the worst of times, we have to remember that most people are still working. You know, it's, yeah. it's terrible right now. I know that. But most people are still working, and the job market is awful, but it will recuperate. Back in 2008, we thought the sky had fallen, right? We thought oh, there yes. was no future. Yes, we thought sir. no one would ever work again. Mm-hmm. That's how terrible it was. I remember those days very clearly. And I believe that this situation we're in now is as bad as it was then in many ways, in some some ways worse. But I do believe that we will get back on our feet the same way we did back then. It'll take time. It will take years before things get back to, quote, normal. And I don't even think they will ever get back to what we used to call normal. But, yes. but it will get back. In other words, people will find their footing. People will figure it out. People are very smart. They're very resourceful. And they're very motivated. So I believe that most people will get back on their feet, but it's going to take time and it's going to take a change in in strategy. That's why I'm telling you that when you put all these strategies together that I'm talking about, it gives a person a better chance. It gives them a real fighting chance. Absolutely, Mm yes, yes. So shall um, I go on, Andy? Yes, please do. Continue. Yes. All right, there's a couple more here. Another strategy that's urgent during this type of uh, period that we're in is to act with speed and urgency. In other words, don't sit around going, well, I hope things improve, or, gee, I hope my, my, my job comes back. You know, don't be passive. You need to be active, proactive. You need proactive. to act with speed and urgency. Do it today. Do it now. You know, use the phone. Uh, do webinars, uh, contact people over Zoom, uh, send letters, uh, talk to friends, you know, do whatever you have to do, but have a sense of speed and urgency. Now, if you find an opportunity that looks good to you, don't wait around. You know, call somebody, find out who works there, make a connection. Um, don't sit around deliberating about it. Act. Act with speed and urgency. If you're going to send a thank you note, don't wait five days to send it back. You know, send it immediately after you speak to the person. Everything has to be now, urgent, fast, in order to push yourself ahead of the crowd. Now, another strategy, as I mentioned before, is to network, 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 like just network like crazy. And as I mentioned before, a lot of people are uncomfortable with networking. They haven't done it effectively in the past. And as I said before, you've got to get over that. Make it your mission to learn networking. Look at every webinar you can, every video, read every article, talk to every expert, 
really make it your mission. You know, put your stake in the ground and say, okay, now's my time. I have to learn this because it's my only way out of this dilemma. That's what I believe. I believe that networking is to your career like breathing is to your life. If you stop breathing, you die. If you stop networking, your career dies. I like that. Sure. That's awesome. You're right. You're right. Let, let, let like me ask that. a question. Let's let's talk about that just for a minute. Networking. Again, let's take this uh, scenario that we made up uh, when you first came on the show. That here I am, this uh, you know employee, uh, maybe a senior employee at uh, at, at Merck Sharp or, or McNeil Labs there in, in where you are in, in Pennsylvania, and um, and. I've had this comfy job for the last 15 or 20 years. I got downsized or the company folded and I have this nice quiet life. And I then hear, well, network, 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 network. Well, I don't know anybody. I mean, I can watch a, a webinar on the computer, but that's, mm. that's something. That's You're right. How do I, who, who do I, how do I network? How, how You're do right. I, if, I hear if, this. If, you, if you came to me and said, Andy network, I'd be like, uh, okay. Ow. I know. I hear this all the time. A lot of those, uh, people that you're talking about will say exactly that to me. They'll say, well, I haven't talked to anybody outside my company in 20 years. Or, mm. you know, I haven't had a networking meeting in 20 years. Well, that's a serious, serious problem. You know, the good news is they had a, a nice, steady job for 20 years. The bad news is they had a nice, steady job for 20 years. Because right. that, that means they never had to go out of their comfort zone. They never had to network and build their career outside of their company. So the answer is this. You start with who you know. If you've been living on this planet for 30, 40, 50 years or more, you obviously know hundreds of people, right? Right. But see, here's the mistake most people make. When they say to you, but I don't know anybody, what they're saying is, I don't know anybody who's in a position to hire me. I don't know anybody who's in a, a position of real influence at a company where I might want to work. That's not the question. The question is, who do you know? I don't care if it's the local pharmacist or the guy who runs the dry cleaner or the uh, mailman or your next-door neighbor or your last boss or someone who used to work for you or the person who cleans your house. It doesn't matter. You know, you know people. And so what I do is I make my clients sit down and make a list of every single person they know. And they keep saying to me, you mean I should include the the, the mailman, the postman? Yes. You mean I should include the guy who owns the Chinese restaurant down the street? Yes. There's only one criterion. If I say to that person, do you know Andy Kimball? And if they go, yeah, I know him, then they belong on your list. I don't care what they do. I don't care how much money they make. If they know your name, they belong on the list. So what they do, my clients, is they make a list of every single person on this planet who knows their name, even some people off of the planet. Everybody who knows their name goes on the list. And what you do then is you use that as a starting point because all those people also know hundreds of people. And I give people a very planned, very specific protocol to follow. It's a very structured approach of how to explode that network and how to really leverage it and get into the right people's uh, conversation and to connect with the right individuals. Not overnight, it takes time, but you make these connections from one person to the next to the next. It is doable. I've done it with thousands of people, and it does take work, but it's highly, highly productive. Yeah, because those people are potential contacts. 
That's right. Everybody it's, it's is somebody. They, it's, not, it's not who you know; it's who they know. And, and it seems like uh, what we're what we're looking at here is the entire process of a career change or getting a job. That's or right. Both, um, is, and you also another thing you have to do, Andy, is you have to put your pride aside. Yeah. You know, you say, "Well, I'm an executive. I worked for 25 years at this big pharmaceutical company. I'm not going to start begging people for jobs." That is just so self-defeating, so crazy. That's so wrong. You've got to be humble. You're not begging people for favors, all right? You're not taking advantage of people. The way we teach networking is you're merely having a conversation, and you are offering as much value as you're taking. It needs to be a balanced equation. You understand what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, that makes yeah. perfect sense. Yes. Okay. And I even teach people how to do that, how to add value to the other person, how to make sure the other person feels that they got just as much out of the uh, networking conversation as you got out of the conversation. So there's a very specific way to do this. It can be taught. It can be learned. But people have to leave their pride aside. Lord, you said a, you said a great thing, man, because a lot of people that I know that's not really getting anywhere, they have pride. Yep. Yes, big egos. That's um, right. No, this is no time for ego. This is no time for pride. Um, on the other hand, you don't want to go to the other extreme where you're begging for jobs with your hat in your hand. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about right. still being very professional, still being very businesslike, but having a different kind of conversation than they might have had in several years. All right? Mm. Mm. Now, here's another one for you. Which is to um, position yourself as an expert. I used the phrase earlier, I said, thought leader and expert. Every person needs to start thinking of themselves as a thought leader and expert. This can be done with social media by posting things and responding to things and engaging. People can write short articles, they can even do presentations like a PowerPoint presentation or a webinar. Again, people will say, oh, that makes me uncomfortable. I don't like it. I don't care. Get over it. You don't have a choice in this world we're living in. You've got to make yourself highly visible, highly credible. Come out of your shell. Let people see you. Let people be impressed by your professional presence, by your voice. Your credibility and your visibility needs to be enhanced during this period. Another strategy, guys, is to be flexible and adaptable. Yes. At this time, we can't be rigid. We can't say, well, I'm only going to take a job where I can do exactly what I was doing before. Or I'm only going to take an opportunity if it has the same title and the same pay as before. No, no, no. I'm not asking you to, you know, cut your pay uh, by, by three quarters. But within reason, you have to be flexible and adaptable. You've got to be open-minded. Go through the doors that open, not the ones that are closed. So... Of course, you're going to have a target, a specific goal in mind. I'm not saying you should consider every opportunity in the whole world. You're still going to be focused, very focused. But within that focus, you need to be a little more flexible and adaptable than you used to be. That's just the way it is. Now, another strategy is while you're in this transitional period looking for that next full-time gig, you need to perhaps pursue a temporary or a part-time or contract opportunity. Many, many people 
are piecing together what I call a portfolio career, using separate tasks, separate opportunities, separate companies, separate paychecks to carry themselves over until they land the next professional role, and until they get back into their chosen field. So we all know people that are delivering for Amazon or they are um, you know, working as a hostess in a restaurant or they are working for their brother-in-law's construction company for a little while. It doesn't matter. Again, put your pride aside. You've got to bring them a paycheck. And so any kind of work you can get, any kind of work that's respectable, that can tide you over, by all means, do it. Although your number one job still has to be your job search for the real position. So don't spend 60, 80 hours a week on these part-time contract positions because that won't leave you any time to do a proper search. I tell my clients to go half-time, maybe put half-time into these temporary or part-time or contract roles so you still have a lot of time left over to do your proper job search and to manage your career. Mm. I hope that makes sense. Wonderful tips there, Forbes. Wonderful tips. Okay, good. Um, another item is to be very, very practical and focus on tangible results. Okay, practical solutions and tangible results. So when you talk to a prospective employer or even when you talk to a networking partner, you don't want to talk in generalities. You don't want to say, oh, I've done this for 20 years. Well, what does that mean? We want proof. We want evidence. We want to hear hard facts of what you did for your company. I want to hear it quantified. I want to know exactly what kind of value you added. I want to know how you helped the company to solve their problems and to get over their challenges. So the best interviewer will ask tough questions, and the best interviewee will be able to answer those questions with tangible, measurable results. That's more important now than ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Another strategy during a tough time like this is to be patient but persistent. This is not going to happen overnight. We have to learn new levels of patience more than perhaps we've ever had before. We have to be tolerant of other people because we may not be the biggest thing on their radar screen right now. We have to be patient. We have to give people some room, give them allowances to some degree. But we have to be as persistent as hell. Never, 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 never give up. And you really need to stay on top of your game. Follow up. Write down everything. Track everything. Don't let anything fall through the cracks. I teach my clients a specific tracking mechanism, ways to monitor and measure all their activities, to follow up, to schedule their follow-ups. We have a whole system for this. So this cannot be this random. You can't just try to do this from memory. If you're talking to tens and twenties and hundreds of people, it all has to be tracked. It has to be written down. It has to be scheduled. And you have to be handling this like it's a business project because that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, those are the strategies that I tell clients to use when they are in this tough, tough time. Again, as I said in the beginning, if you're able to take all of these strategies and combine them and use them all together synergistically, that's where the magic happens. That's where you really start to see some traction. 
Mm-hmm. If you just pick one or two strategies and use those, then you're not going to have the magic. You've got to combine all of these strategies together and really leverage them all together at the same time. That's where things really start to happen. Hey, and Mr. Ford, Ford, can I ask you a question? Um, for people that, I want to ask you a question. Um, for the people that just say, if you know, some people that can't find jobs and they're very depressed. Yeah. What is the situation? What can you tell them if they're very depressed and they can't find a job, so they think they're going to lose everything? They they losing they lights are getting turned off. They they car notes and all that. They losing their car and they very depressed. What can you tell them for the well, for the? the that's school? a sad situation, but there are levels, right? Some people, even if they're well to do financially, they're depressed because of what's going on in the world, or they lost their job, or whatever. Yeah. Then there's you know the next level where people, um, uh, you know, they can't afford their mortgage or their rent. And they have to move in with a relative, or they have to. Um, move out of town to go live with somebody, it's terrible. Then there's another layer of people who literally can't afford food to eat. So, you know, we have all these different strata, right, all these different levels of people who are struggling. I think it's safe to say that everybody is struggling. It's just a question of how and how much. Ah, right. So, right. look, there sure. is counseling available. I talked about free counseling there's also counseling for people who are facing financial issues. There's counseling for people who are facing housing issues. I think people need to reach out for help. They cannot sit in a vacuum and just stew in their misery. They must, must reach out for help. I still believe that most people genuinely want to help. I still believe that most people wish other people well in general. And people need to reach out for help. They can also tap into friends and family relationships uh, within reason and see if others can offer them a hand up, a leg up. That's all I can really say. Counseling and support. That's good enough. Counseling and support is absolutely key during this period. Whether you can pay for it or whether it's free, you must reach out for help. Well, let me question. What, what is the relationship between the political climate and the job market in, in terms of um, parties, Trump being reelected, mm-hmm. Biden getting in? Is, is there a correlation between what, what the job market, how the job market responds to the political environment? Well, that's a huge, huge, huge question. Uh, I'm not an expert in politics, but I will say this. I've been reading lots of articles lately. They say, you know, here's what the job market might be like if Trump wins again. Here's what the job market might be like if Biden defeats Trump. So there's a lot of, you know, people who are prognosticating. They are trying to foresee what's going to happen in the future. Nobody really knows. Nobody really knows. No, nobody there are knows. also those who would argue that one reason the job market is so, so terrible is because of coronavirus. And there are some people who would argue that we're – in the United States, anyway, uh, coronavirus got so bad because of a lack of proper response from Washington. Absolutely. So it's, it's a long and involved conversation. I can't yeah. really uh, give you an answer to that, but I do think it's complex, and I think yes. there's many layers to the answer. Yes. Yeah. Well, I would agree with that. Even with that. 
Again, our call-in line here is 515-605-9888. And uh, as, as those uh, our listeners know, these shows are archived for, for at least 30 days, and you can click the link at any time. I'm sure a lot of people will be listening to this show now down the road when, when we're not live, but the link stays alive. And uh, with Ford's Okay, what I wanted to also do is I think what I'm going to do is uh, is cut out this interview and put it on our weekend. We, we, we rebroadcast these shows during the week on Saturday and Sunday. And I'm going to put this show out again on Saturday and Sunday for it, if that's okay with you. Yes, um, that's fine. Thank and, you. And, and people will Thank be able you to, for it. To Thank you. I really appreciate it. Well. My and, pleasure. And, and, I'm very happy to talk to all of you. You are. Thank, thank you, man. You taught me thank a lot. It's been, yeah, it's been very enlightening. Thank you, Amanda. And Ford, let me let me ask you a question. I guess for you know, and, and Amanda, and those we do have a, a a growing listenership in the UK. Actually, we have a listenership in twelve or I think thirteen countries just now around the world, including Russia. Uh, this just came aboard last Friday. But um, even folks who are in the UK, um, the you know, people are people, jobs are jobs, and there's no reason why you couldn't provide some advice. Somebody who might want to get hold of you from there. I mean, you're, you're very qualified. You obviously know what you're doing. You're very experienced, and um, and your number in Don from UK would be a one first and six one zero six four nine one seven seven eight. If you're in the UK and you want to give Ford a, a call for advice and, and some career uh, help and guidance, I'm sure Ford would be uh, more <laughs> delighted to, uh, to speak to you. Thank you, Andy. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Ford, and thank, thank you, Lloyd and Cornell. Great to uh, talk to all of you. You are the and best. Man, I really uh, appreciate Ford, you for coming you, on the show. Trust me. Yeah, before you leave, do you also have an email address? Yeah, people can reach me at contact at careerpotential.com. That's contact at careerpotential.com. Wonderful. Thank you, guys. I hope it was helpful. Very you much. Are absolutely very amazing. Absolutely amazing indeed. Hey, Ford, thank hey, you. hey, Ford, we would love to have you come on a show in the future, please. My please. pleasure. Thank Anytime. You. Have a good evening. Thank and you, Ford. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, bye bye for now. Bye. bye that was Mr. Ford Myers, and the company again is Career Potential, and the website is careerpotential.com. And uh, well, that was an enlightening conversation, guys. Yes? It really was. Yeah, it was, it was great. It mentioned was, was just a lot of enlightenment. Mention the, um, uh, the book, the phone number, and his email address. Yes. Well, there's, there's, well, I'm just going to give the website, which is career – again, it's careerpotential.com, and everything is there. And we're going to put the uh, and the phone number, 610-649-78. And, and don't forget and, to tell the people to go get his book. Get the yeah, job well, even when no one is hiring. Yes, Absolutely. yes. Yes, and we're going to put those yeah. links on. It's on the website. We're going to put those uh, links on our website, so you'll have them. And um, and if you're in that market looking for jobs, look, looking for potential, even if you haven't been downsized, you might be looking for a career change. And uh, and for yeah, this, the I mean, we man, I mean, when, he, when he said he's spoken to 1,000 clients, he was not kidding. He's one of the biggest and the best there is in the business, having been on many television and, radio and shows. It was, it was, it was awesome to have him on the show. It, it was a show. It was a very – it was – very nice. It really was because he, he covered so much that you know the average person wouldn't necessarily think of. Oh, I need to do this. Oh, maybe I should try this first. You know. Yes. All the stuff that he was talking about, basically, I would never thought of that. 
Yes, Seriously. exactly. Yeah. Me too, if I'm honest, me too. <laughs> yeah, and he talked about the networking, procrastination, do it right procrastination. now. Procrastination. Yeah. He says social media. Right, social now, media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, moving on to some other news real quick, I want to cover in the remaining minutes we have of the show. I don't know if you guys know that Walmart uh, bought of you know Voodoo the vid- the uh, Voodoo the video uh, oh, you're serious company. Are you talking about Voodoo movies? Yes, yes. Oh my God! What? Yes, Walmart. Now uh, Walmart bought. I wanted to mention that on today's show. I was going to do it early on, and and I'm I'm glad that that Ford spent the time he did with us. But Walmart uh, bought Voodoo, and one of the first things they did is they shut down the after dark uh, adult section that offers sexually was- explicit. Yes, I, I'm You're, wondering. Yeah, well, not only are they, I didn't know that, but but I'm not surprised that they did that, and also they're probably going to. They know it. I don't want to cut you off, but I think your movie Hollywood is on Voodoo. Yeah, it's on. Well, it's it's not only on. You're right. It's on Voodoo, and it's on other uh, other platforms as well. And. One of the things that I thought they were going to get into because of this virus with everybody staying home with video on demand, they ended up expanding. They've, and, and, and that's, that's going to be the new wave because supposedly uh, not only did we have – well, the summer season's over, but a lot of places that they did have um, the, the drive-ins. But now that theaters are supposed to be reopening – they're going to reopen the theaters, but at the same time, shorten the time span between new releases and getting them on demand. So Walmart has set themselves up, and I'm quite sure a lot of other places now are going to do the same thing because they want to take advantage of this. I guess it's, 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 it's business at hand. You know, hey, I think a lot know, of things I are kind of like, um, excuse me, Amanda, huh? Amanda. I kind of like driving movies. I really do. I I, I kind of like driving movies. <laughs> I wish you I know, could say the same. What? what yeah. You know, since you mentioned that, and I want I want Andy to chat. Well, well, you're not the only one. I like them too. You don't like them, uh, uh, Amanda? No, I do. I love the whole concept of it. I would love to do it. It's not something that is a big thing here in the UK. I didn't the only think it was driving movies, and when you eat that popcorn in your car, that means tomorrow basically you gotta vacuum it out because you have popcorn and candy all over your that's car. True, yeah. That's true. That's well, true. Well, here, here's one of the things that's going to happen. This is the new world, believe it or not, in regards to what you just said, and it's also news because I was talking to a friend of mine about this. When they start allowing uh, the theaters to open back up, there are no concessions. I mean, there is no popcorn no more. There is no uh, 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 sodas, none of that. You will not be allowed to bring in food. And I think I, I, I think they're going to do something about uh, uh, water fountains and bathrooms. Well, I hate so, to tell you this, Lloyd. How is they going to know when you put them in your um, trunk? <laughs> put the food in your trunk. Well, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about the drive-ins because drive-ins, Drive-ins will usually run during the summertime. Well, how, how about the people that put the stuff in their pocketbooks? Now, <laughs> now, <laughs> now wait a minute, you laugh. You laugh. I know AMC, Regal, um, um, uh, Rave, Sinmark, what they would do in certain situations, 
is that they would tell people because of what had happened in in Colorado with the, the mass shooting, they would ask people to actually, just like you were go, getting on an airplane, they would ask people to open up their pocketbook. Oh my gosh, man! Wow. So that, it, yeah, okay. I can't put my I can't put my Philly's cheesesteak in my wife um, pocket. And folks, as of August twentieth, AMC will have opened a uh, hundred theaters and are continuing to uh, to continue opening locations. Um, so about two thirds of the AMC theaters across the country um, will be open by um, tomorrow. And uh, now, AMC, now, now I'm glad that you're saying that. Mm-hmm. Now, Andy, let me ask you a question. How much you think yep. the tickets going to be since of this now, corona? Now, I was getting right into that. Hold, hold special on a minute. Today. Special today, two dollars. Right. Special. They're going to do, first of all, <laughs> you, wait you, a you, <laughs> hold on a minute. They're only opening, they're only open up, and I'm being serious, they're only open up to 25 cent capacity, and supposedly they're going to have um, discounts. You, all Did you say throughout the day. Cents? Did you say twenty five no, no, cents? No, I said tw- no, I said twenty five cent capacity. For, oh, oh, I not- oh, I think you said cents. So gonna like open up so you can you can pay a quarter and get in. That would be great. I wish they. Uh, I'm I going. They hey, if it was a quarter, I'm going tomorrow. <laughs> I, you know? I wish they would because they they're gonna. gonna if was, there would be a run on the theaters. No, I think what they're gonna end up doing. No, they said twenty five cent capacity. And and they are going to be discounted because what I think they're going to end up doing is they're keeping a number. Well, they do they would do that anyhow, but they're keeping a number as to how many people are coming in there, and so they can actually end up saying we're full. They're only going to have a certain amount, a certain allotment of tickets. Now I know the new uh, the new uh, film that's coming out. I'm sorry. Remember back in the days, people used to sneak into other theater and all that stuff. Do they still do that? No, I'm just. Yeah, That's another. That. They're not gonna be able to do. They're not gonna. Well, they used to. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I've done it. Yeah, I've done that, it. I've done it. I've done that. Yeah, I I'm guess you have over. when you were going to the <laughs> porn joint. <laughs> yeah, I listen. You're not gonna let that down, but, but, Andy. You're not gonna let that down. Speaking of which, do you yeah, remember but, the Ridge but, Pike but, Drive-in? Do you remember the Ridge Pike Drive-in Theater there in Philadelphia? Y- y- yes. 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 I used to go there with my girlfriend. Yeah. I, used to, I used to go there when I was like 16 or so, 17. Yes. That was we used we, we used well, we did not only go to the Rich Pike, we went to Lincoln Drive. Yeah, we Lincoln. Lincoln. Yeah. Drive. I remember oh, Lincoln Drive. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I remember yeah. that too. I used to go to that one. Yeah. And a bunch of they us should, used to pile into the car. They because on certain days, I mean real ones. Yeah, yeah. They used to have days wherein um like, I, I uh, certain days during the week where they wouldn't pay. They wouldn't charge you for each person in the car. They charge you if you got a if you got a carload. Carload was like ten bucks. Well, so, how about the know, people? And then we used to put people in the trunk, right? <laughs> yeah, we used to have people in the trunk. We'd I put, just can't. You, you laughing, Amanda? No, uh, you laugh. We would put guys in the front, guys in the back, and guys in the trunk. They said a carload, and, and, and we were paying like you know ten bucks or something like that for carload. So by the time they got, by the time we got in, the guys would pop out. We had juice. We we had a picnic, and, and the guys we would be sitting on top of the car. But they ended up uh, um, up until this year with the virus. Um, 
drive-ins had basically went out of business, but then they had came back in the business and in Philadelphia here in particular, down at the, um, if you didn't notice, Andy, they started with a, um, another drive-in at the, at the Naval Yard. And I think, it, I think that was one of the pop-up, you know, the pop-up screens. I don't know how they did, they had to blow it up, but then that was only for, um, uh, for, for special screenings because it wasn't for like the new movie because they wouldn't allow a new movies, new movies to come out. Um, they were like old, uh, old flicks. They might have an old flick and then a new, the, the, the new uh, Shrek or the new Star Wars joint that came out. But mm-hmm. they were doing it now. They, they, I think they're going to stop uh, pretty soon because it was only in a couple places. And it actually, they were allowing the car. But even with this, even during this time, the cars had to be socially distanced. Right. Folks, you can imagine this. We were talking about the Lincoln Drive-In, just to let our, our international audience imagine this. Uh, there's a uh, outside. I'm from Philadelphia originally, and that's where Lloyd and Cornell are. Um, there's a major route in in uh, goes up and down the East Coast called Route One in in that part of Philadelphia. It's called Roosevelt Boulevard. The Lincoln Drive-In sat right off of Roosevelt Boulevard. Like you see the screen from the boulevard, from a major major road, oh, and man, they uh, the they they. And they showed porn films. They they actually had real porn films. And, wow. and you driving down Route 1, and you look to your right or your left, whichever <laughs> way you're driving, and there would be front and center uh, this porn film happening. Hey, folks, we're about to come to the uh, – unfortunately, I, I'd love to continue the show. Uh, we have about another minute and a half left here. We're going to continue the program tomorrow on Thursday at 5 o'clock Pacific Daylight Time, 8 o'clock over there on the East Coast and 1 a.m. in the U.K. and wherever it is in your time zone around the world. We want to thank Mr. Ford Myers. Thank you, Mr. Ford. really appreciate you. His CareerPotential.com. We'll put that information on our website. You'll be able to get it. And and if you need to give Ford a call, I'll give you his number. Shout out one more time, 610-649-1778. And that's for uh, career uh, consulting, career advice, you know, uh, counseling, whatever it might be. I'll be long there. So anyway, we're going to wrap up the show here. And I want to thank everybody for joining us. And for Cornell, for Lloyd, my name is Andy Kimball. This is the Coast to Coast Show, the Ebony and Ivory program. And thanks, everybody, again for joining us. And we will see you for another exciting adventure tomorrow. And Amanda, all the best to you. You get some good sleep over there. I know it's very late in the morning for you. Oh, bless you. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yes, thank you, Amanda. Thank you, Lloyd. Thank you, uh, Andy. All right, everybody, have a good night tonight. We're going to wrap. We'll see you tomorrow on the Coast to Coast Show, the Ebony Ivory Program. Good night, folks. Good night. All right.